He will read our scripture for this morning. The scripture from um, the scripture today is from Luke, uh, chapter two, verses one through twenty. And it says, "In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered." This was the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of, was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there. The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you: you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to the glory to God in the highest." And all earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us." And they went with haste to and found Mary and Joseph, and a baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered. At what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told unto them. Did you guys notice that、um, one of the stockings fell into the fire while while, while the scripture was being read? I was、uh, like, "Oh, let's hope that's not a bad sign for the for the message."、Um, but I, by the way, I love this. <laughs> Whoever put this together, thank you so much. It's a great job, and、um, I love having the college kids home. Thank you guys for coming back, and it's really great. Yes, give my hand, guys.、All、right. Um. Let's、uh, let's get into today's word. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to get creative or anything today. I,、uh, I picked the most classic Christmas text.、Uh, if I had my way, I'd probably preach this text every year. But man, we'll just have to do every other year or something like this.、Um, this is the Christmas passage. When people think about Christmas, the manger scene, this is it. It comes from this passage, and. There's just so many layers of culture, you know, of, of, of literally 2,000 years of Western culture 
have been laid on how we perceive Christmas. But actually, it comes from these words. It comes from these words. And um, what I want to do, every year I, I always think it's worth it. Uh, it's one of my, uh, my favorite, favorite passages in the whole Bible. Um, and if you don't have the, these 20 verses, we don't have Christmas, anything like what we know it to be. But in a strange way, the way we think about Christmas is wrong. <laughs> Um, it's kind of like what this passage says, but so much not what this passage says. And um, I want us to get to what I like to call Christmas from the Bible, not Christmas from the culture. Christmas from the Bible, not Christmas from the culture. And there is so much going on. And so, you know, we could look at this every year, and there was always something kind of new to learn. And today I, I want to talk about um, the God, um, the God for nobodies, the God for nobodies. We sang, our brother picked a song, and I, I, I started crying when he said that, Jesus, he loves me. He loves me. He is for me. <laughs> he is for me. Do you believe that? Hmm? That he is for you. That he loves you. I mean, can you say it any better than today? <laughs> the day we are talking about the God who was laying in the worst baby's bed of all time. <laughs> that God is for you. He is for you. That's what we're talking about today. The God for nobodies. Part one. Nobody's beloved by God. Nobody's beloved by God. Part two, nobody's invited and honored by God. Part two, nobody's invited and honored by God. And part three, from the manger to the cross. Right? From the manger to the cross. That's what I say in this passage, right? Uh, let's look at Christmas from the Bible. Nobody's beloved by God. If you've been in this church, maybe you heard me say some of these things, but um, you've probably forgotten by now. And if you are not from our church, maybe you certainly haven't heard me say these things. And um, you've probably not heard this said, which uh, honestly saddens me. I'm not saying because I'm such a great preacher, but um, our Everybody is used to doing our holidays according to the winds of culture. The, the, the winds blow a certain way. And we all, if like the winds blow this way, guess what? We all move this way. We just kind of just go this way. If the winds blow this way, we go this way. Culture is that, that powerful. If you've got 2,000 years of your people running and doing things a certain way, soon as that day comes around, you just kind of do things that way. But... Um, when you read the Bible, Christmas according to the Bible is not Christmas according to the culture. <laughs> Christmas according to the Bible is, um, is much hard, harder than Christmas according to culture. Christmas, the real Christmas day, <laughs> the real day when Jesus was born was really tough. In fact, it was um, pretty bad. <laughs> it's really bad. 
I mean, so let's get into it. Um, there was a day, there's a decree from Caesar Augustus, the government is taking a census. And that's why this couple is in town. They don't want to be there. So they have to travel. And so you got this couple, uh, Joseph and Mary, uh, some of the, the most famous couple of all time. I mean, they, they are about, they got to be the most famous couple ever. And, um, you know, around the world, there are, you know, there's got to be a million Marys and Marias, <laughs> right? And, um, and then to this day, you know, Joseph, that is a name that never goes out of fashion. You know, do you realize that? I, I named my, my firstborn Hudson, and that's not a very popular name today. I just think that's a super cool name, and it was named after a super cool person. And hopefully that name will come back, right? But it, it's going to go out. It's, and right now it's one of those that's not in, and maybe it'll come back. But you know, Joseph, that name never goes out. I mean, there's like just, just, just we can just 20 years from now, there will be Joes and Josephs because, because of this guy. But at this time, on Christmas, Joseph is not famous. He's not revered. He's not celebrated. He's, he's not just a nobody. Let me, let me put it this way. He's less than nobody. You, you, you know, we, we think of like our name. Uh, who, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> and who am I is like, you know, if I ask you, who are you? In America, you immediately say something about what you do. Who, who are you? You say, I am, you know, and then you say something about what you do. You know, if you're young, you'll say, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a 12th grader from Cupertino High School. Like, I don't know, some, maybe something like that. You might say your ethnicity. Uh, you might say where you're from. And immediately, people size that up. And, but a nobody is like, eh, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that big deal. But um, I want you to understand, in this story, Joseph is probably less than nobody. And when this man traveled with his betrothed, that's the term in the text, that's, that's not his wife. You get that? His betrothed, not his wife. They're not married yet. It didn't say with his wife. It said with his fiancée. And his fiancée looks like this. So some of you ladies know what this is like. She looks like this. And it's um, oh, time. The day is coming. Where are we going to have this baby? Let's go to the hospital. Sorry, we don't have good insurance. Can't afford the hospital. Okay, let's find a hotel room. There is, there's a verse. You see the verse? And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Okay, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But here are the words. History-making words. One, one half of one verse is all it takes for you to know a world, right? 
laid him in a manger. You understand what a manger is? A manger is not a bed. A manger is the place where the donkey eats. And think about this. Um, you, a lot of you guys are young. You haven't had children yet. Um, when your wife gets pregnant, it's exciting. <laughs> you go to the store. The, the store doesn't exist anymore. But when, when I was, uh, when, you know, when, when my wife was pregnant and I was about to become a young father, we went to this place called Babies Are Us. You walk into the store and it's like, it's like a, it's almost like a magical place for moms. <laughs> because she can begin, and most guys are not like this, because, and I'm, I'm your average guy, I'm too stupid to like see this, okay? But most women, most moms can begin to dream of the clothes that they want their child to wear. They choose the bottles that they will feed their child with. They choose they, they look at the cribs, and they're like, this one, not good enough for our child. <laughs> That's how they think. That's what babies are us is all about. All right? It's amazing to me it went out of business. <laughs> how, how can it go out of business? <laughs> how can it go out of business? Because <laughs> um, every woman wants to do that. So any of you entrepreneurs in here? That's a, good, that's a good area in the market. It's a hole in the market. Millions of dollars have been made there, right there, okay? Every woman, when she's pregnant, that's what she wants to do. And when your baby's born, you never, ever pick a manger. And there's next words. Because there was no place for them in the hotel. Okay, it didn't even say the Hotel, in the because a hotel's kind of nice. In the inn, it's more like there was no place for them in Motel 6. So the man, less than nobody guy, name is Joseph. Strange. Millions of people named their son after this guy. But here's how he felt on that day. Showed up. You have space? Vacancy? Remember, there's no light. Vacancy. That's how we do it today. There's a little lit symbol. Vacancy. So you, you run in there and you know. But so you got to, you actually have to do this. You have to knock. And to your face, they have to tell you, nope. They look at your fiance. Ugh. How much is it going to cost? Either there's no room. I mean, it's this really interesting thing. It could be because there's a lot of reasons. Um, the town is crowded. So everybody who's of the lineage of David has to come to that town by law. And so, you know, when a lot of people that are not from that town shows up, you guys know what happens, right? The hotel, motel rooms, the prices go up. Higher demand, prices go up. So maybe Joseph can afford $30 a night, something like the normal price. But it might be 
$200 a night. Hmm. Can't afford it. Hmm. Could be that. And um, if you're Joseph, I'm telling you, if that was me, inside, I would feel like less than a man. Hmm. This is what we're looking at. You look at a man, I'm sure he felt like less than a man on that day. And Mary, oh, she's so happy, isn't she? Of course not. The baby's coming. What a great day. Let's go into that stable. And let's have the baby in there. There's no cute dog in there that's loved by mom and dad and the kids. The donkey's in there. (laughs) The cow's in there. The mule is in there. The goat's in there. It smells in there. The horse urine. The cattle crap. That's where the baby's born. Mary's crying. All you husbands, can you see it? Can you see it? That's Christmas. How does Mary feel? She feels like less than a woman. Less than nothing. Um, let me point out a couple other things. Who's not there? Who is not there? Okay, so we got horses, goats, maybe a stray dog. Not, not the beloved family pet, just some stray dog, maybe. But a doctor's not there. A nurse is not there. No midwife is there. Think about this one. Oh, this one really gets me. The family of the people who are of the line of David, they're all in town. They're all in town. Okay? So, you know, let's say you're Chinese and, and your last name is Chang. And all your, your line, lineage all goes back to a certain king. All the Changs are in town. You know, all the Mendozas are in town. All the Kims are in town. You know what that means? Your relatives are in the city, are in this dumpy little town. They're the ones driving up the price of the hotels. How come they're not there? How come none of them, how come your cousin, your grandma, your uncle, if I was in this situation and I was in a town, I happen to live in a city where a number of my relatives live here. You know, I'm blessed. I live in one of the craziest, most expensive cities, but I've got extended family who live in the city. And if I ever got in this situation, there's no way to end up, end, up, end up in a stable because all I've got to do is call my uncle and say, uncle, I'm screwed. 
Can you help me? He'd be there in five minutes. <laughs> in five minutes, he'd be there. Yank out his credit card, and all would be solved. <laughs> That's what would happen. So think about this. Why are they in a stable? Who is not there? So even your family, it doesn't, it's not hard to guess. It's not hard to guess. Joseph, why are you with that girl? But angel showed, angel something about, something about son of God. <laughs> angel showed up in my dream, something about a son of God, Messiah, you know, something like that. You know, we heard about this thing, Isaiah, you know, we got a synagogue. Isaiah, son is born, a child is given, wonderful counselor, that part. This is, that's that's the ba that baby. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe she just cheated on you. <laughs> In fact, let's put money on it. <laughs> okay, so let's, I, I won't ask you to raise your hand. You're Joseph's cousin. <laughs> his fiance, his fiance, not married. She looks like this. You know Joseph, no way he would have slept with her before the wedding day. No way. No way. You just know this guy. But you don't know her. So you're having a conversation with your cousin. Joseph, what's the deal with your uh, fiance? Joseph has to sit there thinking, but I had a dream. And God told me who that baby is. And when he talks to Mary, she goes, yeah, yeah. I didn't even have to have a dream. The angel showed up. Like, boom, it was right, the angel was in my bedroom. I'm like, yeah, it happened to me too. That's Christmas. And um, can I ask you this question? Okay, everybody in the whole world, your cousins, your uncle, your grandmother, your mom and dad, thinks you're less than nothing. They think this so clearly, nobody helps you, nobody gives you a dime, and nobody shows up for the birth. This is Christmas. And the whole world tells you, this is what we think of you. This is what we think of you. So you got this man whose name will never, ever be unpopular now. And this woman who is revered, <laughs> just practically worshipped. And she will be till Jesus returns. But that day, that's not how they felt. That's not how they felt at all. Let me ask this question. Does God love them? Does God love them? You guys all know the answer, right? Yes. <laughs> Does he kind of love them? Does he love them a little? Does he love them a little? 
So, Jesus, he loves me. Okay, God, Yahweh, what would Mary have sung that, that song that day? Yahweh, he loves me. He loves me. He is for me. Wouldn't that be more like a, what the heck? <laughs> Yahweh, I thought you loved me. <laughs> but it feels like you hate me. Doesn't it? When you read the Bible, please don't read little Sunday school things. Don't read according to culture. Get really human. And some of you, I mean, you never went through anything like this. Maybe. Maybe you did, actually. You ever have a day when Yahweh is loving you. But that day, it sure don't feel like it. You ever had that day? There's a lot of days like that. And yet, the Bible says, oh, he loved them. Oh, he loved them. Let's go to part two. Nobody's invited and honored by God. So, Christmas according to culture. Who's there? Joseph, Mary, the animals, no doctors, no relatives, no nurses, no midwives. Who else is there? And some of you are saying, well, the wise men were there. Were they? Are they there? Are they there? So I think about this. Um, you know, I've been chewing on this. I knew I was going to preach this passage three weeks ago. So I'm, so I'm driving through town. I see the manger scene. <laughs> and they got the baby. And then they have three wise men. And they're bowed down to the baby with the, the gifts. Never happened. Not on Christmas. Didn't happen. The wise men, had, they were scholars. And they were rich. And they were well-to-do. They were knowledgeable. That's part of where their wisdom came from. They had to like find out how to get to the baby. Like They actually had smarts. And they could study. And they could find out how to get to the baby. But not invited on the first day. <laughs> Christmas Day. You know who's invited? Nobody's. Nobody's invited. So there it is. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Shepherds. That's a really low job. It's like, we can get any idiot to do this. You don't have to go to school. Sheep are stupid. You know, you feed them, you hit them, then they kind of fall along. You use a little stick with a little crook, and you grab them when they start pulling off. And all you got to do is just sit out there and make sure no wolves and dogs show up and make sure the sheep don't wander off because sheep are dumb. That's the job. You don't need a bachelor's degree out of college to do this job. It's a really low job. Heck, even a kid could do this job. So low-paid people, 
doing a really low job. An angel Lord appeared to them, and the glory, and then they were afraid. Don't be afraid. And then the angels show up and goes, This is what's happened. You get to come. You get to come. That's who gets invited. We're celebrating today one of the absolutely most important days of all of history. You know, this is really interesting. We live in history. Someday, all of us who believe in Jesus, we will not live in history anymore. We'll live in eternity. You understand, there's a time when there's day, day. I don't know what it's going to be like in eternity. The day, day, and day. You know, like, that's, that's going to stop. And we'll live in eternity. And yet, a million, billion years from now, we'll still celebrate this day. You know, there was a Emperor Nebuchadnezzar conquered all the barbarians, made our people great. You know, I don't know what day that was. November 1st. November 1st, we became a great nation. We celebrate. We have our freedom. We conquered the barbarians. It's us. It's our people. We're powerful. We've been around 500 years. We're amazing. This is our people, who we are. This is the day we celebrate. Do we celebrate that day anymore? No, it doesn't matter. It's a worthless day. It's a worthless day. <laughs> but this day, a million billion years, we'll sing of this day. And who gets to come? Who gets to come? Who was there? The cousins could have been there. The uncles could have been there. I mean, talk about missing out. <laughs> and can you think about that? Just think about that for a moment. <laughs> talk about, I mean, like, you know, oh, I got to go to that concert. Oh, I got to go to that concert. <laughs> oh, I got to go to that party. You, know, young, you young people, if there's a cool party, you can't miss that party. Got to get to that party. You get invited. Oh, I, I can do this or I can do this. You know, we have events at church all the time, and then we invite you, and then, this, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but this, this is what it's like from the pastor's perspective. Nobody goes, oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> it's like this the day happens, this event happens three weeks later, oh, I'm going to go. And you put it down, you make that promise, you tell everybody, I'm going. Are you going? Come on, go. Because that would be like a commitment. That would be a commitment. So what we do is, you know, I, I might go. Maybe I'll go. You wait. And what you do is you just wait for, like, better offers. A better event. A cooler event might come along, even though, you know, it's God's event. It's church. God invited you to a cool event three weeks later. But, like, ooh, you know, like some other cooler event might come along. It's very old. The cousins could have been there on the best days all time. And they missed it. They missed it. But God went out of his way to invite 
nobodies. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this. Um, last weekend, um, our discipleship, so some of you guys know that we do um, this very high commitment discipleship training. And so around this time, one of the things that we're supposed to do is some piece of service to our neighbors. And so um, uh, Damon Moon is in my discipleship group. And um, if Damon Moon is in your discipleship group, this is the weird stuff he cooks up. <laughs> right? None of the rest of us would have cooked this up, but he cooked this up. He said, hey, there's a homeless encampment where, you know, where the, the people in our city, you know, they are homeless. So they live in tents. It's right there near downtown. Let's go there. <laughs> I was thinking, like, yeah, that would be fun. I, I, you know, I, I try to keep my, you know, like an excited face. Sure, Damon. But inside, I was thinking, dude, that is, does not sound like fun. <laughs> but that's what he wanted to do. So since I'm the discipler and I'm the leader, I said, let's make that plan B. <laughs> so plan A, so you know, you're trying to do something meaningful, but like something you can execute in three weeks in a really busy time of the year. And so you're like, so I, I cooked up, hey, let's call somebody a chaplain at the hospital or a chaplain at a hospice. You guys know what a hospice is? It's where people are dying. And ask them if there's one person who'd be, who's kind of lonely and we could visit them. And we'll bring a gift and we'll pray. Um, the reason I came up with this is because a number of years ago, I spent. I got really sick. I almost died, and I ended up in the hospital for months. And um, I found out when I was in the hospital for months that um, I got. I had regular visitors. My family. Somebody spent every day with me. My family was amazing, and people from my church came to see me on a regular basis. Heck, people from other churches came to see me on a regular basis. I guess this is a good thing to be a pastor. <laughs> All right, you get loved when you're dying. But I was, in a, I was in a room. Oh, that sounds funny. I was in rooms regularly where I'm, I'm next to somebody. And this is what happened. Every day I have a visitor or two. The person next to me, nobody. Zip, zilch, nada, nobody. So I came up with this idea. Let's go visit somebody. Somebody, one person. You know what we did? So, um, so uh, Porio called up the chaplains, and uh, they didn't want to help him. <laughs> so we ended up doing Plan B. So the day before, we're like, Plan B it is. So here, here's Damon's idea. We're going to go to Vaughn's Chicken. We're going to get fried chicken. You know, we'll get some soda. We'll all chip in. And um, this is what it's like. It's a, this is where Highway 280 and, um, and uh, 87 meet in the overpasses. So underneath the freeway, underneath the freeway, where, you know, you're basically getting, like, car pollution all the time. I mean, it's like really great air there, isn't it? Except at least you're underneath something. And it's, 
you have to kind of go through some fences. It's not that easy to get into because then that makes it harder to get kicked out of. So some people had set up a series of tents. I don't know how many there were, eight, ten, a dozen, something like that. And that's what they were living. And uh, so we got Vaughn's chicken walking in there. I mean, it wasn't even that easy to park. You have to pay for parking and then walk across. And, like, Damon's, Damon's creative. He had, like, tables. <laughs> we had chairs. But then we're like, okay, we can't carry the table and chairs because it's too hard to get there. So we just had the food. And we showed up. Um, and in our city, I don't know if you know, you guys know this is happening, right? There's lots of people, I, I read an article that said that our city had something like, and it, you know, there were like 700,000 jobs created in our city. But there were only something like 10,000 more places to live. You guys understand what happens when there are 700,000 jobs created, but there's only 10,000 places to live. The rents go like this. <laughs> it's a lot like this story. And then there are people in the city, they're like, hey, I need a place to live. There was no place for them in the apartments. I used to be able to afford a $1,500 apartment a month. It was tiny, wasn't great. But now that apartment costs $2,500 a month. So now we live in the tent <laughs> or in an RV. It's happening all around our city. You guys know that? There's a art. This is like, this would be like the step up from where, what we visited. <laughs> the step up from where there are people who are living in RVs in certain neighborhoods, and um, the people in that neighborhood want them to get out there. You're not in a home, you're in an RV. Get out. <laughs> happening in our city. And we showed up. Uh, one of the first guys to visit us, he was black. Right? And um, he was friendly. That, that was good. I was like, okay, I'm glad he's friendly. <laughs> and there were some people, there were a couple of Hispanic guys, they were very shy. And they weren't so friendly. And um, the people were there yeah, they were poor. Hmm. Let me just ask you something. You meet them, one of them, just like Mary, just like Joseph, just like Mary. Am I making this up? Of course not. Christmas from the Bible. So when I met this guy, that's what I was thinking. It's Christmas, just like Mary. They're in a tent. I don't know if that's better than a stable. At least nobody's pregnant, just like Mary. So this African-American guy, he wouldn't, I mean, he's pretty good looking. He's pretty young. Couldn't quite, you know, he, he's black. I can't quite tell how old he is. And it's like Asians, you can't quite tell how old they are. <laughs> 
I hope that doesn't sound too racist, but that's just real, okay? <laughs> um, he looked young. He looked young. Not sure how young he is. And he said that he had come to San Jose to play on the football team at San Jose State. He looked like a football player. He looked, he looked cut. And he was very articulate. You can tell he'd gone, he'd gone to college. And I said, hey, do you like fried chicken? And you know what he said? He said, fried chicken is in a black man's DNA. <laughs> and when he ate it, we said, I mean, I kind of said, well, um, I don't know if you know this, but the most competitive fried chicken market in the world is in Korea. I think this is the best fried chicken in the city. So we got a black man eating Korean fried chicken. That was a day that he said, this is delicious. And you know what he said? I've been out here for a while. I think this is maybe only the second time somebody's done anything like this. In other words, treated him like a man. I think that's what he meant. Um, oh, if you look at him, he looks poor. He's a different race than me. His clothes aren't as nice. He's living in a tent. I mean, he kind of smells like maybe he had smoked something that I don't smoke. I'm, not, I'm being very real. So he's so different than me, right? You know, all around our city, don't look at people on the outside. So I'm giving you a, a, a really important piece of wisdom and tip. Please do not look at their clothes. Don't look at them on the outside. Don't primarily look at, do they got tattoos? They don't have tattoos. Do they got piercing? I'm, don't, don't look at that first, okay? I want you to try to see what's inside. See what's inside. You know what he said? He says, mostly, we feel like nobody gives an F. That's the word he used. Nobody gives an F. And you're like, well, because they're all poor. And like, no, not true. There was a woman there. I'm not exactly sure what ethnicity she was. Maybe Hispanic? She was very well-spoken. She was very clean. And she looked like she could be your aunt. She said that she worked at the pizza shop down the street. She has a job. But that from that job, you can't afford an apartment. So she lives in a tent. If you met this lady, you'd like her. Just like, just, she could be your aunt. I'm not kidding. She was there too. So here's what's going on on the inside. I'm going to say this, and then let's get to the gospel. As, as, as usual, I'm talking too much, all right? On the inside, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me quote. This is, a, this is I'm, too, I'm not smart enough for this language. This is from Tim Keller. Everybody has this thing called, he calls an inner murmur. It's like a murmur of the heart. Inner murmurs going on. And I think it goes something like this. Oh, you're not good enough. You, you, you need to get more. You need to get good grades. You need to get a better job. Oh, look, 
she has really nice clothes. And if you have clothes like her, then you'll be somebody. Oh, he has a really good job, and he drives a really nice car. And if you get a job like that and a car like that, you'll be somebody. And if you have this clothes and the car, and you get the wife, and then you have the really nice kids and the nice house, you'll be somebody. You'll feel good about yourself. People will respect you. They'll know you. They'll like you. You'll be somebody. Inner murmur. And in the city, everybody's got that going on. You look at other people and whatever they got, and if they like you, and if they respect you, then you think you're somebody. But if they don't like you, you know, you go for a job, sorry, nope. You apply for a college, sorry, nope. You hang with some friends, not interested in you. We're going to have a party. You're not invited. Want to date this girl? She's not interested in you. You're not good looking enough. Your car's not nice enough. Your job's not nice enough. Ladies, and you just flip it around the other way. You're just not pretty enough. You're just not skinny enough. You're just, your hair's not glorious enough. Whatever. Just flip it around the other way. Everybody looks outward to like the external of somebody else. And then this says, I'm somebody. It's the inner murmur of the heart. And when you meet somebody in a tent, guess what? There they are. The whole city has told them, you're nothing. And all of us are afraid. All of us are afraid that if I don't get this, and if I don't get what they got, and if I don't achieve this, and I don't get enough money, that I will drop into the nothing. Hmm. Are you afraid of that? I am. Inner murmur of the heart. To this, Christmas says, all of that is nonsense. You know, you know how you know if you're somebody, if you're worth something? Somebody else has to tell you you matter. Somebody else, somebody who actually matters has to tell you you matter. Somebody who has worth Somebody who has smarts, somebody who has real authority, somebody like, you know, just some any old joker tells you you matter. You're like, who cares what you think? <laughs> but if somebody really tells you you matter, you matter. <laughs> Joseph and Mary, the whole world told them you're less than nothing. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. But God says, I love you. I am for you. Oh, I'm for you. Um, let's close this way. The baby was placed into a manger. So, a little baby enveloped into the worst bed of all time. He's in humiliation. His mother in the world is less than nothing. His daddy in the world is less than nothing. 
God knew this is where I'm going to go. This is where I choose to go. Do you see, when you see that manger, you know what that manger is a pointer to? There's going to be a time he's going to be enveloped in all of the rejection and all of the hatred and all the unworthiness from the world. And you guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's called the cross. That manger is a pointer to the cross. All our unworthiness, all our rejection, all our ugliness. We actually deserve some of it. Jesus said, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'll trade all my worthiness. You get that by grace. All your unworthiness, I'll live in it. I'll be in it. I'll take it away. You see that baby? There he is. He's proof positive. Yahweh, he loves you. He's for you. I'm going to quote a song. Okay. Um, at this time of the year, I go on Spotify. I, uh, I always want to, like, add new. I have a, I have a list. I have a, I've, over several years, I built up a, my list, and I've been adding to this list. And this is my favorite from this year. That I, like, every year, I want to, like, add a new Christmas song that I've never heard before. And my favorite is Jesus, Born on This Day. Anyone know who, who sings this one? I've never heard this before. The great Mariah Carey. <laughs> Mariah Carey sings Jesus, Born on This Day. And it's awesome, <laughs> right? And from what I understand, she helped write this song. Is she a Christian? Hear the lyrics. Today, I'm not going to sing it, okay? I don't know why. A child is born on earth. And then the children also sing it. Today, a child is born on earth. You know, it's like there's like a children's choir singing with her. It's, it's, it's incredible. So go home and listen. Today, the glory of God shines everywhere for all the world. Oh, Jesus, born on this day, he is our light and salvation. Oh, Jesus, born on this day, he is the king of the nations. Behold, oh, her theology is pretty good. The lamb of God has come. The baby put into the manger to be the lamb Sacrifice has come. Behold, the Savior is born. Sing of his love to everyone. How about this? Sing of his love to you. You believe that? The whole world could tell you, you nothing. But when you look at this baby in a manger, can you believe he is for me. He loves me. Oh, Jesus, born on this day, heavenly child in a manger. Oh, Jesus, born on this day, he is our Lord and Savior. And then the way this is the way the song ends at the end. And I love it. The children's choir comes and they start singing this. He is love. 
He is light. He is grace. He is love. He is light. He is grace. The whole world can tell you nothing. But it's not true. You are loved. He is for you. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, born on this day, you are love for me. You are light, not in the darkness of my self-hatred, not in the darkness of everybody else's rejection and assessment of me. You are light. You are grace. This is Christmas. This is the gospel. That's what the angel said. Good news. Today is born. Today is born a savior. Put in a manger. May we not think about Christmas as a holiday. May we not think about Christmas from the layers of culture. Help us to remember Christmas from your word the most important word, the gospel. And Christmas and the gospel says, you are for me, you love me. The whole world can hate me. I might even hate myself, but it's false. I'm not worthless, I'm not nothing, because you love me. You honor me, you invite me. I pray that there's somebody who listens to this message today would know this is Christmas. This is you, Jesus. In your name pray. Amen.